1: All right, Danny, I find myself wanting to want my super ex to wake up one day and show regret and remorse, "Oh yeah, totally understand that. Basically, I wake her up from her fear of fog. I don't want her marriage to continue, our divorce is close to finalizing, but I can't shake the thoughts of wanting her to acknowledge the consequence. How do I shake these feelings, Clay? I, it's dude. It, it's not about shaking the feelings. It's about acknowledging the feelings and accepting that you can't control them. That's really what it comes back to, because the desire you have is fucking real. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you wanting her to just wake up and go. Fuck, I screwed up. I messed up. I'm so sorry. Like, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I did the same thing. I remember like, I'd be in the back of church, like praying and like seeing visions of my ex-wife coming down to the altar and praising God and saying, I'm so sorry, I messed up. And it didn't happen. (laughs) And like, even when my ex-wife came back after her affairs, it was like, she blamed it on me, but because I was still a disempowered little bitch. I, I just took it for what it was and was like, I don't care. I just love you. I just want to be back with you, which is why I'm so hard up on guys and having boundaries for themselves, because it's so easy to just fall prey to just having her back. And it's like without boundaries and we manipulate, et cetera. So the feelings are okay. But what I would say is lean into those feelings, uh, um, like get comfortable with them. Uh, so, so for whatever reason, like as men, It's like, we feel a feeling and then we're like, oh, I don't like that feeling. So I'm going to go do something to get rid of that feeling. Whether it's alcohol, porn, sex, whatever it is, like, like we don't, we don't want to deal with the feeling. So we're just like, okay, I'm going to go do something else. Instead of just sitting in the feeling and going, gosh, what is this? Oh, this hurts. What is this? Where's this coming from? Why am I feeling this? And like allowing yourself to process through what it is you're experiencing, Because ultimately, a lot of our decisions, a lot of our behaviors, especially the negative and toxic ones, are a result of not dealing with uncomfortable feelings. So true mastery, true empowerment comes from dealing with uncomfortable feelings. And this is a lifelong process. This is not me going, I know how to deal with all my feelings. Uh, This is a literally every day you have to be fucking aware. Joey, what was that thing I said to you one time about every day you have to pick up your shield? Do you remember that? Because we were talking about something uncomfortable you were going through. Yeah. You had said, um,
2: when you're going through the battlefield, there's going to be times that you lead with your sword and there's going to be times that you bear your shield. Never forget that, regardless of where you're at in the battlefield, to not take down your shield. And I think commonly when we're going through this, we will expose ourselves because we're fighting, fighting, fighting. And then suddenly we're to that place where things feel good. And you take a breather and then you're hit by a proverbial javelin in the chest. And so what Mark had shared was never forget to always bear your shield, regardless on where you're at. And what that means, um, put simply for those that don't hear the metaphor is keep the pressure on where you're at, because ultimately the things that led you to the place that you don't want to be is a series of composites of patterns and habits that led you there. It takes time to unravel all of that stuff. I mean, we've guys that have been in for over two years that like, I mean, I have one guy that comes to mind and he just started dating again. And he was like, dude, Holy shit. I didn't hear back for two hours and I got in my head and I was like, Oh, she's, she has to be, she has to be with another guy. She has to be cheating on me. And I was like, Is it possible that he's not ready? (laughs) Yeah. And I started to challenge him with that. And he said, man, it it just goes to show like you still have these things that are present. And sometimes you don't know until you're actually in the environment of like dating someone new or pursuing someone in that way. Um, And it's not a bad thing. Like it just goes to show like no one's perfect. And sometimes you are not challenged in the way that you need to grow until you're actually in the mix of it. And that's why I was grateful he had us to kind of bounce this off of. Otherwise, he'd just be in his head like, oh, boy, here we go. And it's like the, the dogma that many men get stuck in, especially when they've experienced
0: some type of affair, um, anything of that nature. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. There's cool. lots there. I know we, we have to be conscious on time. Um, I think the guys got a lot from this. Um, you know, I really like that Lance had expanded on that because, yeah, although Lance went through Thrive, there's always another level. And that's one of the things that I ask guys when they start to do the work inside Thrive Plus, because they may get on the other side. And I have some guys that have created a new marriage. Man, they're leaning into the pressure that comes with it. I have yeah. others that have started a new adventure and there are still, new levels that they're pushing towards. But realistically, what makes them different from the average Joe is they have this innate awareness inside them that this isn't where the story ends. It's not only a constant want to be better, it's they want to do better in all areas. Uh let's see the question in the chat found out about multiple affairs while going through the discovery and our divorce. How do I embrace this pain and move on? That's a big one what are your thoughts there, Mark?
0: Yeah. Um, so em-
1: embracing the pain is, is definitely the big thing. Like I always talk about leaning into it. Um, it is a process that you're basically grieving. You're grieving a couple of things. You're not just grieving the marriage, you're grieving the innocence of what was and what could have been. right? And so to me, grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves. And when the waves come, you need to give yourself permission to feel those waves um sometimes it's going to come in a lot of tears other times it's going to come with bouts of rage other times it's going to come with bargaining and where you're just like begging god or begging a higher power or begging her whatever like where you're just like you know just like you know could you please stop or just don't ever do this again or you know whatever Or like or you're begging yourself like gosh if you would have just done this you know and you just find yourself in these places of self-shame the fact is I think is that number 1 if you're doing it alone that's dangerous. Um whether you do it in therapy or coaching, I mean that's your prerogative. Um a lot of our guys are kind of they kind of do both, especially the ones that have been going through affairs. Um but about 75% of our clients have been cheated on. Um is is about is about right. And so we definitely understand this and I I I live through multiple <laughs> multiple affairs and um and I I don't say that as like lightly. Um so I fucking understand it at a at a core level. Um, And what really helps the guys and helped me was, I would say, acknowledging that it hurts. um, Acknowledging what it feels. But here's the thing is that so many guys get stuck in the situational pain. What that means is you get stuck on the what she did to you. And they, they don't understand the gravity of what it feels like underneath the surface. So here's what I'm saying is like, it's easy to go, man. It's kind of like um, if someone, you know, just punches you in the face, you feel the pain of that punch, but the real pain is what what that person might've meant to you. Say it was a good friend of yours, right? And they punched you in the face. They had this happen to me once when I was in high school, good friend of mine got left behind, whatever I was DJing and he got mad at me for not getting him into the club. Stupid shit. Go meet him up at a party later on that night. We're outside talking. Next thing I know, he swings at me punches me in the face. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it does it again. Hits me three times in the face. And I'm like, bro, I am your friend. Shows you how weak he was, but I am, I am your friend. I am not going to fight you back. But what hurt more was not the punch. It was what it meant to me inside. And it was, it was identifying a core wound in me, which is that people who love me are going to hurt me. People I'm supposed to be able to trust, I can't trust. And so I guarantee you 100% that what your wife's affair means to you isn't just the fact that she betrayed you in your marriage. It means something much core deeper to you as a man. And that's the work that you've really got to do. That's the work we do in Thrive. Because to, like, this is why we don't fix marriages, because it's bullshit. Number one, most marriages can't or shouldn't be safe. They shouldn't be. Uh, because there's toxic shit that happens in them. Uh, and I, when I say most, I mean, most with affairs. Sorry, let me, let me put that back. So anybody that's listening and you're going to take me out of context on social media, that's what I'm saying. Most of the time when there's affairs involved, it's hard to save that, especially when the other person is in love with somebody else. It's pretty much like done at that point. But in terms of where there's this uh, ability for you to look internally Right? And this is what I kind of have to get back to here is with what I'm saying is for you to look internally and go, what does this mean to me? What does this say about me as a man? Uh, when I went through my situation, um, one of my situations, my ex wife, I, and I, think I was telling somebody this this morning, I cried for myself for three weeks straight. And then suddenly, like a light went off in me that said, I, I'm crying for her or I'm crying for myself, but it's time to cry for her. And it was like, all of a sudden the she button stopped because i decided that i needed to understand what she was going through not to not to diminish the pain not to ignore the pain but to understand that what kind of pain is she in for her to have to do what she's doing to leave her home to go be with somebody who probably she doesn't really want to be with and live a fantasy like what kind of pain causes that and when i started to reflect on that i started to see her pain the second part of this was As I was coming to that place, one of the things I felt was I started to really identify with what I was actually feeling. And for me, it was the word abandonment. I felt abandoned. And in that abandonment, I was able to connect it back to what I had experienced with my dad. So when I was 15 years old or 13 years old, my dad developed cancer. And by the time I was 15, he died. And so when he died, I created, or what was created in me was a wound of abandon, a deep wound of abandonment. I already was raised in a, you know, in a home that was dysfunctional. He was emotionally abusive. My parents are divorced. I barely saw my mom I already had all that shit. And now the one person who was there for me is now gone. I feel abandoned. And so when she left me, I literally felt the same way that as if she, as if he died, she was dying. And as I started to connect those dots, and I started to do the internal work that we teach in our Thrive program, they started to unpack that not just from a understanding perspective, but from a creating forward mo- motion standpoint. So then it was like, oh, I get it. What I'm feeling right now, this is the gift. The gift is this, guys. And this is—I don't think I've ever said this before. The true gift. Obviously, there's pain and when somebody hurts us and leaves us and all those things. But the true gift is opening up wounds that were there that were never healed properly before. And this marriage is an opportunity. This divorce is an opportunity for you to go deep and unlock things that you didn't even know were inside of you so that you can finally have the life that you want to have. Because you playing small, you, you, you holding things in, you doing all the things that you've done are what has kept you here. I'm going to leave you on this. And I'm going to be talking more about this over time. Um, but Michelangelo, who created the, the Sistine Chapel and, and the statue of David, um, was asked one time, you know, how did you, how did you create this David statue? And the David statue is one of the most famous statues in all the world. It's where he's like, I don't know, like this or something. And he's like naked or whatever. I don't know. He's like posing in some way. And it's like, it's a famous statue. And, and it was a big deal for him to create it out of rock, you know, hammering all this stuff. And they were like, how did you create this? And he said it was easy. He said, I stripped away everything that wasn't David. I stripped away everything that wasn't David. Guys, what's happening to you is that it's an opportunity for you to start to strip away everything that's not Michael, to strip away everything that's not Lance, to strip away everything that's not Joe, to strip away everything that's not Dan, to strip away everything that's not Mark so that we can become empowered men because it's underneath the surface. You just don't know it you just haven't seen it. And what you've seen is the things outside. I once heard this before for myself and it was a prayer to God and was asking him something. He said to this, he said, I don't want to change who you are. I want to heal who you've become. And that hit me right, like a ton of bricks. And it was because like, I kept thinking I have to change this. I have to change that. I have to be this. I have to be that. And he's like, no, you don't have to do any of those things. I just want to heal who you've become. And I was like, "What?" And as I thought about it, I started to understand the depth of this. And the fact is, is that we have so much trauma. We have so much shit that's been put on top. That's the rock. That's the rock that's covering the David inside of you. And this is a momentous opportunity. This is why I get so sad and frustrated when men waste their opportunity and don't take this shit seriously enough to do something about it other than bitch, whine, and complain. Like when men don't invest in themselves and don't do the work, it's the saddest fucking thing to me. I don't care if you go to therapy or you don't care if you join my program. Like, obviously I want you to, because I think we have the best thing out there, but at the end of the day, fucking do something. Don't just sit around and complain because you're wasting your opportunity to become an empowered man. You're wasting your ROI on your tears. That's one of the things I used to say all the time is get a return on investment of your tears. Don't just sit in that. So so, Michael, to 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 kind of come to a conclusion of that, it's the idea that there is more happening under the surface. Focus on that more than what's happening outside of it. Focus more on, on those things. And as you embrace that pain, identify what the real pain is. I've got a great training on this. We call it internal versus external pain. It's on the podcast. Go look it up. You should watch it. Um, that'll probably give you some insights that'll go even deeper on this from a more practical standpoint. Hope that helped. I got to go, guys.